This is Reset and can be found at mccabe.io. I'll be talking about anything that plugs in or takes batteries, mostly home automation, networking, home storage, and I'll be bringing some friends along. Reset was inspired by a bent paperclip that's sat on my desk for years. It reminds me that no matter how much we mess something up, there's usually a reset button. Let's get started. Hello everybody, this is Dave. I'm back here on Reset. This is episode number 29. Thank you for tuning in as always. I've got a lot of things to talk about today. A lot of technology going on here. It's great. And one of the biggest things that's happening in the world, actually in the United States, is the Great Eclipse. So I'm going to be talking with Richard Hay just a couple of minutes uh, about the eclipse, how to film it, how to look at it. We're going to be talking about our kids and school. It's it's going to be really cool. So I'm so geeked out about this conversation. Follow me on Twitter. You know everything that I'm doing, whether it's podcasting, blogging, vlogging, you know, just everything at McCabe.io. That's Twitter. Don't forget that YouTube channel, youtube.com slash David McCabe. I got a lot of stuff to talk to you about. I mean, tons. And I've gone two weeks since the last one, two weeks in a couple of days, and I apologize for that. But I have so much stuff to begin with. I might, I might need three shows. So I may have like three or four weeks in a row that we get some content out here for you. So my kids are back into school, and I was thinking, this is going to be great. My kids are back in school. I'm going to sit down and podcast. I'm going to get this done, and it's going to be great. I'm going to have all this time. I'm backed up on all of these reviews. I've got tons of reviews to do. I've got a lot of YouTubes. I know there's companies out there that email me every week. Hey, Dave, when are you going to get that uh, thing looked at? So I promise you, I'm going to get them done. It's just, I thought the week they went back to school, I would just knock it all out. And I've just been cleaning up. Yeah, do you know that feeling? Just cleaning up, getting back into the swing of things. I don't even have evenings anymore because we're doing, you know, I mean, back to school. That's important stuff. You, you got things to do. You got teachers to meet. You got school classrooms to see. You got to figure out the rest of the school supplies. And there's iPads and there's email accounts and there's apps to download. It's, it's a mess. It's a mess. I don't want to bother you about my problems. I do want to talk about Meetup, though. And I'm not going to do this after because it's getting close. September 30. Do you, do you, you don't know what Meetup is? Surely, most of you guys know what Meetup is. Gals, guys and gals. It reminds me of that airplane quote. Surely, you know what Jim or somebody and says, yes, I do. Stop calling me Shirley. I do that to my wife all the time. She hates it. So meetup17, which is hashtag last meetup ever. I don't really know what that means. I just know that I'm going to do not this meetup anymore, right? It's the last one. You need to be there. And it is really getting ramped up. I've got, is it's happening. I know it's happening because I, I have totes. I have these Tupperware-like totes in these boxes. They all get drug out, and I dig through them, and I look at these placards and signs and badges, gear that I didn't know I even had, tons of gear. 
I've got eBay gear laying around, and if that doesn't sell, it goes to Meetup. It goes to Meetup to for the fire cell table. One of my most favorite things is the table that we sell things at. People will bring laptops, you name it, and sell it. And I bring a lot of stuff too. I, I usually buy a lot of stuff. I don't come out ahead at this thing, but I've gotten some cool stuff. So get to Meetup. Go to homeservershow.com in the forums. There's a Meetup link post and it talks about it. It's 20 bucks, I think I put it at. That reserves your breakfast and your lunch and you need to be there. We do this at a Microsoft building. It is there like like high-rise kind of building where you they do their meetings and you know they bring partners in and things like that. So they let us do that. It's on a Saturday. No reason that you shouldn't be at least driving in. We've got a lot of folks that'll drive in. We've got a lot of folks that are flying in. I've also got uh, a hotel nearby that you can just walk to meet up and they've got a block of rooms for you. We will have more uh, friends and family cards for you to go to the Microsoft store. That's always pretty cool. It's going to be fun. There's going to be a lot of giveaway gear, hopefully a lot of swag, and mostly a good time with a bunch of geeks. So please, please come to Meetup. The iOS app is ready. So if you've ever been out to homeservershow.com and you've enjoyed the forums there, there's a dedicated app for Android and for iOS devices. So you can get that and you can enjoy that in a nice mobile fashion right there on your phone or your tablet. And it doesn't require um, that Tap-A-Talk app this time. You know, you can get it through Tap-A-Talk and it looks genuinely the same. But they aggregate all of your forums and they require a separate login. Well, my app doesn't require a separate login. You just log in with your forums ID. You are who you are. And you, you get all the cool stuff. And there's a trending. It's really neat. It's really kind of cool. All right, there's a new feed for the podcast. This one still works. The old one still works. All the apps still work. Everything went fine. I did have a couple of hiccups. I've had some email hiccups in the last couple of weeks, which is all my fault. But I think this transition is done. I've landed at reset.fm. And that was the old McCabe.io site. I still get, I'll give him my email address, uh, you know, to like the school or somebody, somebody at the front desk at the elementary school. So it's uh, David at McCabe.io. And they're like, dot what? Dot com? No, 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 no. Dot I-O. Like, you know, like input, output, and they just, they glaze over. They're done. And I know they just write down dot com. It's .io, so I still have that email address. But the podcast is reset.fm, and it's really neat. It's a really neat little site. I can blog on it, and it's not WordPress. Yes, that was my goal all along. And I also found, I don't know if I told you, I told you I was worried about losing all of my WordPress sites because I like to use the WordPress editor to edit HTML, and I was just like, wait a minute, this has to exist out there online. I just searched HTML online editor 
And I found this awesome interface where you can crunch HTML and you can look at it live to see what it looks like. It is awesome. I have no reason to be on WordPress anymore. Just the forum software and the reset.fm software. It's great. All right, patron. Patreon.com slash David McCabe. Are you a patron? Have you done this yet? I've got these awesome little reset stickers in front of me. They do say Reset FM. You can put them on your laptops, on your bumpers, on your car. I need to get one of these on my car. I should do that. And so what I'm doing is I'm actually kind of saving them. I'm setting them aside, and they're going to go to Meetup. So everybody comes to Meetup, they'll get a sticker. That'll be kind of cool. Yes, travel all the way across the world to get a dollar sticker, please. No, you can have one. Just be a patron. Patreon.com slash David McCabe. You can do $1, $2, $5, $10, whatever you would think that you would like to, you know, donate to the board, to the podcast, and uh, keep this keep this train rolling. I would appreciate it. I will send you out a Reset FM sticker. After the first of every month, I do a big mail-out. And I just did a big mail-out <clears throat> to folks like Lance Kennedy, Robin Wade, Mike B. I, I've emailed, I mean, I've emailed, I've mailed so many of these things out to Australia and Canada. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think the international stamp is like a dollar forty or it's a dollar thirty or something. It's a real neat little forever stamp. It's a green circle stamp. And that'll go to Canada or Australia. So don't worry about being overseas or anything. Still just do the patron and I'll send you one of these reset stickers. I'd love to send these all over the country, all over Europe. Give me every country in Europe. I would love to send those out. And I've got a new patron, Greg Edwards. I follow Greg on Twitter a lot. If you don't, I, I'll look. I need to look up his Twitter. Um, <clears throat> he's a really funny guy. This guy should be. Uh, he should have one of those really funny Twitter accounts that just everybody in the world follows. He, he's got some really good, nice little one-liners there. So, Greg, thank you very much for subscribing. If I have not mentioned you, or you have not gotten your reset sticker, please, everybody, just PM me in the forums or PM me on Patreon, Patreon, and I will I will get that taken care of. I appreciate that very much. All right, Google Fi has this thing going on where if you get a lot of people to subscribe, they will give you some swag or something. So I've got a link if you're interested in Project Fi the cellular service from Google. That only works with Google Android phones. If you're interested in that, I know it's crazy. It's There's a lot of ifs and ands and buts to get on this. But I love my service. I do. I truly love being on this service. And I, I got on there to what I call stick it to the man. And that's Verizon. I, I loathe Verizon. And my wife and family and everybody's on Verizon and I'm sitting over here on Project Fi happy as a clam. So if you would like to get $20 off of your first month on Fi and it gives me 20 bucks off on Fi too. I'll put a link in the show notes for you to uh, to do that. It's really cool. And maybe I'd get some Google swag, I don't know. That'd be kind of cool too. Okay, I recently switched back to Eero. I know we've talked about this before. I know you're probably blue in the face about me and my Wi-Fi. 
but I really, really, really like it this time. That's that's one more really than I've given all the other products. So that's a three really. <laughs> that, that's a horrible review uh, program right there. It's a three really. Yes, really. But this new Wi-Fi, this new Eero, version two, when I told you it was more powerful, it completely is more powerful. It is really nice. How many access points do I have now? Let me bring up the old Eero on the phone. I got the version 2, and I put it in the family room. I've got four Eeros, by the way. Family room, office, which that's up here in the um, second floor. Laundry, which I have one in the laundry, and that covers like in the driveway and stuff. So when I pull in with the car, anything on Wi-Fi starts registering immediately. Boom. And it also, I like a nice paint of Wi-Fi out of the house, right? Because there are a lot of times where I I have the phone, and I'm like, I need to pop the garage, or I need to unlock the lock, lock the lock, or do something. Something kind of home automated. And you're on that fringe Wi-Fi, and it it's trying to send to Wi-Fi, trying to send to Wi-Fi, trying to send to Wi-Fi. And it makes you so mad. And then you got to just turn it off so it'll go over the air on uh, on the cellular data. And it's like, oh, this is just such a pain in the butt. So I have put one in my laundry room, which is right at the corner of my house, looking out over a driveway. So there's windows, and it paints this nice big swath of Wi-Fi over the driveway where I can get things done. You know, waiting for kids on the bus and doing things like that. You can, you got Wi-Fi. It's nice to have. Also, I'm using a beacon, and I think we've talked about this before. I put it in a closet. Yes, it is in a closet. It has a nightlight on it, and it actually works pretty well. It, when you get dark, you turn it off. It lights up the closet. It's near the bathroom. So that's just an extra little bit of light in the bathroom area when you got to do business in the middle of the night. Now, speaking of business, that nice bit of Wi-Fi paints the bathroom very nicely. I'm just going to leave that there. We're not going to touch it anymore. But it's nice to have Wi-Fi, strong Wi-Fi, near the throne room. You know what I'm saying, so we're just gonna we're just gonna stop there, please, Dave. Stop. I just date, please. So, Eero, look at it. There's a post in the forum. Someone uh, clued me into a little better pricing, so you got to watch that pricing. It, but I'm completely happy with going with a a small version two purchase and mixing those in with my version ones. Now, having said that, I have four Eero access points sitting. I can look, I can see them right now. They're sitting over there by my old MediaSmart server from HP. They're not in use, and I need to layer those throughout the house. There's a couple of spots I would like to do that in my basement and maybe back into the garage to get some good, strong Wi-Fi into the garage. I also need to do outside a little better. And I still am not completely convinced on what I'm going to do outside. But I'm thinking if I can paint well enough inside the house and it's going to stretch to the outside, I may be good to go. So I'll report on that soon when I get 
when we get permits done, we're having a lot of trouble with permits, getting that done for our pool house. And we'll talk tech about that. You'll be sick and be talking about that too. All right, at the beginning of the show, I told you about that. I'm going to talk a little bit about some Eclipse. And I've got Richard Hay with Super Cypher Windows. And you can find him on Twitter, at WinOBS. And I wanted to talk about the Eclipse because there's a lot of things going on, a lot of like misinformation, a lot of a lot of information. And he's got an article that is just the end all be all. And you can go to a couple of links. It doesn't take much time. Actually, it can take a lot of time because there's so much information. It's really fun to look at. And plan your eclipse day. And this is uh, the eclipse is on Monday, this coming Monday. So make sure you are prepared, at least mentally prepared. So let's talk with Rich. Hey, Rich, thanks for coming out here and helping me today because I've got so many questions about this eclipse thing. And it's coming up, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's six more days next Monday, the 21st of August. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of this information you're going to give me, I think, is going to be very time constrained and time like it's time to get this going. But exactly. Yeah. Let me start you with the the glasses. There's been this kerfuffle about these little paper glasses that look like 3D movie glasses of yep. old, but they allow you to look at the eclipse. Yeah, they let you look directly at the sun even. Even when the moon's not on the sun, these glasses are built are made from a special type of uh, material that and more it's more than mylar uh, you, so people out there who are thinking they can go grab a roll of mylar and make their own there's just too much risk because the sun can really burn the retina of your eye and cause permanent damage so so you're right these very inexpensive cardboard framed glasses have special um, flimsy film lenses in it that are made specifically for viewing the sun and what it does is it it reduces the light of the sun so that it does not cause that damage. The big kerfuffle you mentioned is that what's happened in the last week or so surrounding Amazon and glasses they have sold either themselves or through third parties is that uh, there's been a huge uh, huge influx of, uh, of, of all things counterfeit solar eclipse, solar viewing glasses. So and people trying to make a buck off of the eclipse. And so what's happened is, is that Amazon is defaulting to a list by the uh, American Astronomical Society of approved vendors and manufacturers for solar eclipse glasses. And so if you had bought something from Amazon, you'd bought some of these glasses, you were being well prepared, then you bought them months ago, and now Amazon's been sending out emails. In fact, the glasses I bought are not on that – the manufacturer's not on that list. Mm. And um, Amazon sent me an email and said, hey, we don't recommend you use those. And and I think an element of that is liability, right? They got to be – you know, they sold it as such and mm-hmm. they got to make sure they're – they're covering their legal butt. Right. But so now I've tried these glasses. I, I the, everything I can tell they they are from a reputable manufacturer here in the U.S. They work just fine for me looking at the sun for four or five minutes. And – so I'm, I plan to still use them, but um, the, the issue is is that if these things are not made right and if you bought a fake pair of these glasses that don't have the right level of uh, uh, ability to block the sunlight, then you could cause damage to your eyes. And so – and six days out is not the time to go looking for glasses. I mean it, people have been overwhelmed with requests for glasses and stuff like that. So you might just might – 
be able to go to your local library. 7-Eleven was giving out glasses, a few other places like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at this point, you probably ought to be making plans to use an alternative viewing method to, right. to experience the eclipse. Now, you can tune in live on many different – NASA is going to carry it live on TV all the way from the West Coast to the East Coast for like four hours. Okay. And they're going to have jets up in the air. They're going to have their Sophia telescope, which is in a 747 up in the air. So they're going to have they're going to weather balloons. I mean, they're launching all kinds of stuff to track the eclipse. So there are ways to watch without risking your eyesight. Now, if you're in the path of totality, you are safe to look at the sun while it's in totality, which can last anywhere for some locations as less as 15 seconds and to other locations, two minutes and 40 seconds. So you're safe to look at it during that period. But anytime before that, even though it might be the most minute piece of the sun visible on either side, you should not be viewing it directly. So there's some pretty cool stuff. I, I did an article this morning on SuperSight for Windows about some eclipse resources, and one of them uh, shows you how to make a pinhole viewing camera. So basically you use a piece of cardboard and you poke a hole through it. And what it will do is it will project the um, the eclipse, what's happening on the sun, onto a piece of paper, the ground, or something like that. I mean, you can even – this is something I got to experience once during a partial eclipse – is go stand underneath a tree with leaves on it and look at the reflection of the sun coming yes, through the leaves. I've done that it too. will be a whole bunch of little eclipses. So, it, you know, there are ways to watch without risking your eyes. I've even I, – I mean some people talked about taking a pair of binoculars and using them as a pinhole camera. So that is feasible. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to be very smart and very careful because the, the last thing you want to do – and it does not take long for that exposure to damage your eyes. Yeah. So yeah, safety is very, very important. What's that? Just, note card, a little 3 by 5 index card can yeah, be turned into just, a pinhole yeah, you camera. You can stand there in the darkness and just kind of move those – no cards back and forth. And like like you said, I did it on a partial once. And yep. on a partial, you can really see. You see that big chunk taken out of. Yep. Yeah, it, it looks really neat. And You, you can what? even I, see the uh, sunspots that might be visible, depending on where any sunspots are oh, as well. That'd be cool. You yeah. know, I glossed over the fact that I, I assume that everybody has got eclipse mania down, right? But you would is, think this is an event that hasn't happened in a long time for the state. Exclusive right? to the U.S. 100 years. The last time one crossed the U.S. in this kind of manner where it was only a visible land base visible in the U.S. It's been about 100 years. Now, there's another one coming in about seven years, but it won't cross the U.S. like this one is. I mean, what's significant about this eclipse is the fact that it's going to enter. The moon shadow is going to hit land over in Oregon. And it's going to make its way across the U.S. kind of a catty corner to the southeast and the coast of South Carolina, where it will leave about four hours later. A total eclipse time, right? right? So in between that, from some point, you'll see first contact with the moon on the sun to the maximum level of eclipse you will see in wherever your location is. If you're in totality, that's totality. If you're somewhere else in the 48 continental United States, you'll see some level of eclipse. I think here in Jacksonville, we're just under 90 percent for the partial. Um, and so it's a very long, the eclipse itself actually goes for quite a long time from that first contact, which is considered the beginning to the, when the last piece of the moon leaves mm-hmm. the disc of the sun. So, and then of course, like I mentioned, totality all depends upon where you're at. Right. Yeah. And I've, I'm in a great spot. I just have to go about three and a half hours South. Yep. To that. You're going down to Kentucky? Kentucky. Okay. But honestly, I'm I'm a little concerned about going there because I don't want to get caught up in Ooh. the mayhem 
in the trap. Well, I tell you what. From what I've learned so far with some of these resources I shared this morning is that um, – and one of the sites called the Great American Eclipse website mm-hmm. has has some awesome stats. So he has this, – this site has kind of done the number crunching, and they have estimated what points along totality will see the most – outsiders. So there's approximately 12.2 million Americans that live within the path of totality. Mm-hmm. The path of totality averages about 61 miles wide, and that will basically run from Oregon all the way to South Carolina through the course of the eclipse. So there's 12.2 million Americans that just live within that swath of, of the path. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you've got everybody who's within, like you, three or four hours. I'm within three or four hours of totality. So you've got all those folks who are w- within a driving range, a very easy driving range. And this guy's website, he has actually estimated where the most visitors are going to hit the path of totality. And he really does base it on highways, right? Where are the bigger highways that get you there? In fact, his biggest spot is South Carolina. And that's based on 95 running up and down because there's an exit off of 95 called Santee, South Carolina, that is like almost right on the center of totality. So very easy to get to. The problem's going to be when. You don't, I, I don't think with that many people traveling on the roads, you want to be traveling the morning of. So for most, if you haven't made plans to have somewhere to stay or choose to sleep in your car, you probably are going to be left out in the dark, literally, because you'll be on the highway somewhere, most likely stuck in traffic when, you know, totality would hit or maximum eclipse. So, you know, people have been planning this for for months and years, right, and preparing these sites, the Great American Eclipse website, the National Eclipse website have both been around for a couple of years already projecting towards this event next week. Right. Yeah, he's got, uh, I'm looking at your site, and he, and he's got Kentucky really low. Yeah, because again, that's based on access. So you don't, in the area of Kentucky where the, the maximum eclipse is going to happen, and there is a, a path of totality that goes through, I think the biggest population town is Hopkinsville, mm-hmm. um, that there's just not easy access to that area from a highway standpoint. From right. w- in you'd look at it, some people look at it as like watershed, right? But he's looking at not rivers, but highways. Right. So the path that people could take. And Kentucky happens to be one of those areas. And if you look at that map over to the right, you'll see South Carolina is like Huge. a big blue dot. Yeah. Because, again, 95 is right there That's and passes eastern right through seaboard. the path. Yeah, runs right through And then you've got all it. the people who live on the eastern seaboard. Yeah. And you, if you look out west, you'll see that similarly off the coast of Oregon. And then it, it, through, the, uh, through that area, so through those states out there, you're going to see it get a little smaller. And it's all about how easily it is to get there. And so that's what he's based those numbers on. And um, and so, you know, if you if you're thinking about it, you better start doing something now um, because the different cities in the past are going to be dealing with more people than normal. I mean, I, I remember hearing a story about a week and a half ago about a small town out west who is a fifteen hundred people and they're expecting one hundred thousand to be there camping out and to watch totality. Right. We're. we're Sorry, let's talk practicality. Where are all those people going to go to the bathroom? <laughs> you know what I mean? So so you got to plan ahead. You, and if you haven't made those plans, it might be a tough nut to crack at this point because it just – hotels are booked. Yes. Uh, most most places in the path of totality that have a room are already booked up. I remember seeing a couple months ago there were still some camping spots out west in a couple different places. But for the most part, lodging, unless you've maybe got a friend – 
that lives in the path and you can get to them maybe two or three days ahead of time, mm-hmm. you'll probably not have any travel issues. Mm-hmm. But what about the day up? What, oh, oh, one other thing I want to point out on the Great American Eclipse website, he has he is carrying a daily update to the cloud cover forecast. Yeah. And so this what what they are basically doing is is they're they're watching the clouds and they're in fact they just posted the August fifteenth edition and and I'm looking at South Carolina and the clouds have thickened up a little bit, so you can look at it and see. But it's so this is going to be very dynamic. They don't expect this forecast to be accurate uh, to a high level of confidence until uh, about three days out. So you're talking about Friday, where this might show where there's possibility of total clarity. Uh, and Kentucky is kind of in the same boat as South Carolina as I look at that, a little bit of, uh, you know, fuzzy clouds. But as long as you've got partly cloudy and the disk of the sun is still visible, you'll still experience totality. Mm-hmm. You'll still feel it getting darker and cooler and stuff like that. But I thought that was just the coolest thing, the cloud forecast, because that's what it's got everybody worried. And if you're off of 95 and thinking about Santee, 90% chance of rain on Monday. Ooh. Yeah. Not good. although not maybe not heavy clouds. So and, and for a person like me who's in Florida, there is nowhere with clear cloud forecast right now that is any closer for totality except for, I think, all the way over to Missouri. So that's quite a ways for me. Now, you're in Indiana. You're a little bit closer to that. You'd have to cross Illinois. Um, but it's looking pretty good as of today's forecast for the vast majority of Missouri having clear uh, clear skies. There are a lot of spots for me to go and, and experience the totality at its total. I don't want to say yeah. that wrong, but right. I think it's two minutes, 40 seconds. And that, yeah, that's the maximum. That runs right through this little path right yep. below us. Yep, right. It actually just crosses just at the corner, kind of that three-point corner between Kentucky, Illinois, and um, Indiana. Yeah. Right so, there. yeah, there's opportunity, but I'd, I'd be looking for friends or campsites. But I match, I got to imagine that things even within just a few miles of totality are booked up at this point. I mean, I haven't gone looking myself. Yeah. But no, you got to imagine point where are. I'm looking at farm roads here and I would just I would set up shop. But now here's my go. problem, Rich. And here is what I'm seeing happen in Indiana is a lot of confusion with school districts we are in school yeah school started here today as well and there are already districts saying look this is almost as crazy as the election day yeah just closing down yeah you know schools would certainly have an opportunity to to kind of carte blank tell their students and families and parents, hey, you know, we know this is a big deal. It's a rare opportunity. I mean, you got to imagine, especially in that 61 mile wide path of totality that nobody's going to be at work or school almost. And uh, so I don't know, you know, even here in Florida, like I said, it's going to be almost 90 percent of an eclipse. Um, So I guess it would I got to imagine that if anything, the kids might step outside, you know, whether in school or something like that. But you're right. School's just getting started back up. Now, speaking of that, there's a really cool website. Vox was one of the first ones to use this code that I saw. But um, Vox has an Eclipse by zip code website. So you can go to this link on that I included in my story this morning and you can put your zip code in and it will tell you when first contact is of the moon to the solar disk. 
when the maximum amount of eclipse will be and how much of the sun will be covered. And then the last moment that the moon leaves the sun disk. So you can get an idea of where you're at, what you would expect to see as far as the eclipse goes as well, which I thought that's a cool resource for because so, everybody in the 48 United States, lower for what we call the lower 48 will have some level of visibility. will be able to see the eclipse at some level if they have clear skies. Okay. Look, this just, this just did a, a location for me. Yeah, it will. If you use location permissions, it'll use that too. Yeah, 90.6%. Yep, and I'm at 89.2, so we're about a percent off considering this is Northeast Florida compared to Indiana. And it's showing me a little image of exactly yep. what I'm going to shows you see. exactly how it's going to cross. It'll show you from what quadrant it that will come in at and what too. quadrant. It's a very neat site. Yeah, so everybody it's listening, th- everything will be in the show notes. Um, and Rich, you're traveling, aren't you? Have you, have you already made plans? I do. Yep. Okay. I'm, uh, we are going right to that big blue dot off of 95. Yeah. I've got a hotel booked, uh, for the night before in Santee, South Carolina. Yeah. I would love to be, I, I the beaches are going to be just, I got to imagine out at the coast, same thing. I mean, you, you just got to imagine that the day of, if you are not where you want to be, you're not going to get there. I, get, get I just got to imagine what I because worry about. so many people are going to last minute decide to try to get closer. And, you know, if you're in a corridor like the eastern eastern seaboard where 95 is the main thoroughfare north and south from all the way south in Miami all the way up to Maine, that's the, that's the route people are going to take to get down into the area. And then they might turn off, you know, north of Santee and head over into, you know, some part of uh, Georgia or something like that. But And a couple of these sites give you really good state-by-state maps of the to- path of totality. So you yeah. can kind of get an idea of There's where that map is out there. And this the is all science-based, right? Schools. So people can figure it out. What's that? Yeah. No, I'm sorry to interrupt you. But about these schools is I think – I don't think they want the – the risk to their kids, right? I don't think they want that. You mean like the, the risk of the eye stuff? Yes. Yeah, and that's why I think if a smart science teacher is going to be figuring out alternative viewing methods, and whether it be a pinhole camera or, you know, that type of thing, or simply, you know what, sitting in the classroom and, you know, maybe some good science teachers out there have already planned for this. They've already yes. got their glasses. They've got them in a drawer, and they're ready to go. Yes. Unfortunately, there's a lot that probably have not. And unfortunately, that's a missed opportunity because this is a very unique and rare event that's occurring. And I've never seen a total solar eclipse in my life, neither has my wife. And I've seen an annular one, which it doesn't cover the entire disk of the sun mm-hmm. because the distance is a little bit off. But, so th- but this will be the first time I've seen a total solar eclipse. So... You know, and and again, it this is so close to so many in the U.S. I mean, you know, people are easily going to look at driving a couple hundred, three hundred miles, five or six hours to get somewhere close by. And I think those folks that choose to do that on the on the day before or the day of, you're going to end up watching the eclipse from the side of the road, and that in and of itself is going to be dangerous. And it makes me think of that scene. You, you remember the. Um, um, what was that movie about the meteors coming and um, uh, the kid from the the Lord of the Ring movies played in it, uh, Elijah Wood, and and but I can't remember the uh, Deep Impact. Was it deep? I was like, it's Armageddon deep or Deep Impact? I, One of those two. Deep impact. And I keep going back to that scene where the highway is just a parking lot. 
mm-hmm. leaving the beach area. I think they were leaving Virginia Beach or something where the map was. But I, I just get a feeling that that's what 95 is going to look like in any other major thoroughfare that runs through the path of totality. That's what it's going to look like the day of. So, like I said, if you if you aren't there a couple of days ahead of time, I think you're going to run into problems. Yeah. Well, everybody, be safe. Use your head. Yeah, no doubt. Use your glasses. And be smart. By all means, go out to the super site for Windows. Check out Richard Hayes' article. And I, I want to see some feedback. I cannot. Well, this is going to be the most documented. I was going to say it has clips. to be. There's no with social media the way it is, yeah. and and not having had an event like this occur in the U.S. in in so long, it, I and it's going to cover hit so many people as it comes across the U.S. I I'm with you. There's going to be so many opportunities to right. see this in so many different ways. Yeah, and if I I have a meet the teacher tonight with uh, with my ten year old, if they don't have a concrete plan of action. I'm just I'm gonna pull my kids out. Yep. I'll, so you can I'll control it. Lunch, and I, I want to film it. I want to have a I want to have a camera like outside shooting because I want to see like darkness, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not yeah, you want to see like that transition. Darkness. You mean you're talking about just generally because even at ninety percent, that is going to significantly darken your area. Yes. And so I know you're big with your drone, right? So that, what an what a kind of unique way to record, not necessarily looking at the sun. But what you do is you launch your drone, your drone for that final maybe couple minutes before to- the maximum eclipse and a couple minutes afterwards, Correct. so that people can see the the change that occurs when that happens. Um, I thought about the same thing. I'm not quite sure yet how I'm going to capture this. I, I'm not taking anything special. I do have a special um, lens uh, filter for my my DSLR camera, and I plan to have that on a tripod. And I'm I'm kind of struggling between whether I'm going to set it up and just do a movie of those last minute and a half, two minutes, right. Mm -hmm. Of the totality just before and after, or, but there's also a part of me that wants to, to capture the, the, the sun's, um, outer atmosphere. I I forget the name off the top of my head right now, but you know, I want, I want to capture that. Right. So when you're looking at the sun, and when it's totally blocked out, the, the actually atmosphere of the sun extends well beyond the disk that we see in the sky. Correct. But we'd never see it because it's so bright. So that's why the, the spacecraft that, that monitored the sun had these little cutouts that blocked the sun so they can see the peripheries. And that's what I want to try to capture is yeah. that it, it'll yeah, take that a slightly like extended exposure. Or there's, there's uh, oh, you know what's driving me nuts now that I can't remember it? <laughs> The chromosphere or something like that. It's something to that effect. But that's so I'm just kind of in between whether because if I do a video, I've got to constantly be monitoring the camera because it might look like it's not moving in the sky. But it is both. Obviously, both items are the sun and the moon. So you constantly have to adjust your where your camera is looking at. So I think I'm just going to enjoy it. And then I'm going to work to capture as many images as I can with the sun's corona. (laughs) There it is. during the maximum during totality yes. and i think that'll be my unique captures otherwise i just want to enjoy the experience and you bring up a good point and we'll we'll, we'll get moving now I'll, I'll let you get out of here rich but mo- a lot of cameras you just can't point at the sun no 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 you video. gotta have special filters yeah uh, the filter i have for mine is um you know we'll screw on the end of my zoom lens but which I'm going to maximum, you know, had I thought about it earlier, I would have rented a, uh, a, a longer zoom lens. But 
I have a 200 millimeter zoom lens for my my Nikon, and so this filter prevents the just like the glasses, it prevents the damaging rays of the sun to pass through to the the CCD, which is what the electronic kind of capture device that captures the images. And so, because you can damage your camera. And you don't want to do that. So if you've got to have a proper lens. Now, I have a, a six-inch Dobsonian telescope, and I have a solar filter for it that goes over the cap, right? So if you have a telescope, don't get into this mindset that you can put together a few layers of mylar or something and have a safe viewing method. You can't. It's got to be a proper, uh, either properly prepared, and you want something that's not going to slip off. Because heaven forbid you're looking through that thing and whatever you made pops off or comes off or slides off, and now you've just taken the sun directly into your right, corner. You're gonna burn your, eye. Yeah, you're gonna burn your sensor. Be careful, be careful, be careful. That's the biggest thing. Enjoy it. You gotta enjoy it. It's a very unique experience, but be careful. Don't don't take risks with your eyesight. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, be careful with your eyes. Be careful with your kids. I think that's huge. But man, I'm gonna encourage just a national not go to school day. I I think it's that important for kids to witness something so they can be talking about it. You know, hopefully they're talking about it 90 years from now or whenever the, you know, the next one is with their kids. You got it. All right. Richard Hay, Super Site for Windows. Find the links in the show notes right here. Thank you, Rich. All right. Thanks, Dave. Good to talk to you about it. And everybody enjoy the eclipse. So we're going to be safe. We're going to wear our glasses, right? I mean... I'm stressed about this, but then again, it's this is going to be uh, it's once in a lifetime opportunity. So head out there, super site for Windows, and look for that article. And he mentioned a bunch of great articles, and I was looking through them while we were talking. So Vox.com has a great. All of these will be in my show notes for this episode. Reset.fm/slash two nine. That's all you got to do find these links and it's this is a really neat phenomenon it's going to be cool you know what i want to do i'm going to start a post in the homeservershow.com forums the reset forums and maybe we can just start sharing our look just our location and here's what we captured that would be really cool hey maybe we'll get picked up by some big news outfit cuz we got the best eclipse coverage ever so do that. Resetforums.com, homeservershow.com slash forms. And let's let's take a look at this thing. Let's let's post our stuff out there. So like I was telling Rich, I'm gonna try to put the drone in the air and just capture the landscape, what it looks like when this thing zips by. And then I wanna have just a camera on the ground on the landscape. So I can do it uh I can stitch those together and, and and get those stitched up. And then I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I've got the glasses. I'm going to take a look. I should have asked Rich, can I tape a pair of glasses on a camera lens? I Maybe I, we, need to, we need to find something out about that. Okay. So let, let's, let's move on. Just go out to the forums. Let's, let's share about that. So, but let's move on. Because I've been talking about cameras. And I know we talked about Eero. But I'm going to jump over to cameras because I recently spoke with Rose Thibodeau episode, I don't even remember what episode that was. Maybe it was 28. Maybe it was 27. Go look out there at reset.fm. We were talking about outdoor cameras. Now, Arlo just sent out this little tease video about 
Arlo Smart. And they've, I've got a couple of links for you. I'm going to give you a link for a YouTube video. And I'm also going to give you a link for their knowledge base article about this. So it's going to be a paid service. And it's going to add some smarts, no pun intended, to the Arlo system. It's going to be $3.99 per camera per month. And there's a $30 free trial. It says here on the website, Arlo Smart is initially launching to a limited number of randomly selected Arlo users. A wider launch late 2017 and beyond. So this looks really cool. This looks like it may take care of some of the things that drives me nuts about outdoor cameras and a lot of false alarms. Because they're putting smarts in it where you can say, just, okay, these three variables, dogs, humans, and vehicles. Those three variables trigger the camera all the time, right? I mean, if they would get that to trees, then it would be almost perfect. So if a dog's running around, my dog hits my cameras all the time. So maybe the camera says, hey, that's a dog. I'm not going to record this. That would be kind of cool. Vehicles passing by your street, you want to capture if someone walks in your yard, but every car that goes by, you don't need to record, right? I mean, that's some instances, maybe. That's kind of neat. So we're going to watch out for this. This is for the Arlo gear. I've been looking at, lately, the Blink camera. I did talk about this with Rose. We, we talked in depth about Blink, but we talked about the Blink outdoor camera. I'm looking at a couple of indoor cameras at the moment. I've got them under test. Now, here's the thing. Don't tell Blink, but I've got both of these indoor cameras outside. I've got one over my side door. And I've got one over my front door. Both of them are in areas that do not get like direct moisture. No direct rain. They're very, very covered. Yes, I know. Humidity, everything is out there, right? I would not expect these to last like the outdoor cameras do. So... I'm taking that risk. Oh, these are review units. So <laughs> Blink's taking that risk. But you know what? I'm they're they're pretty darn good cameras. And I will have a I will have a review for you about these where I will I will talk in depth about these. But you know, I've I've been looking at the Blink. I looked at the Easy Viz, which I like the Easy Viz too. And all of them have this vehicle human and animal issue where if you could just paint the spot that you want to record or when a dog walks into your view not to record that you know that's that's pretty neat so arlo we're definitely going to be taking a look at that the blink is pretty neat right wi-fi camera battery operated which i love and it's the typical typical camera. It will let you know when something's there. It records it. I have got mine hooked up to smart things. So if my camera gets hit on my side door, I can, I'll turn a light on inside 
that's near that side door. So that's like a double whammy. Not only does the camera light up like this, I mean, it literally looks like a freight train bearing down on you. The light is so bright. But I've got an inside light that'll come on as well. That's pretty neat for uh, deterrence, right? That's pretty cool. So I'll get back with you on all this. I find this interesting. I hope that you do too. I, I really enjoy looking at cameras. All right, Nokia. I don't know how to pronounce it. Nokia? Nokia? I've always said Nokia, right? Ever since I had one of those little candy bar phones, I've called it a Nokia, right? That's kind of, maybe that's Southern. August 16th press event. They're supposed to announce the flagship Android phone. That's going to be cool. Just, I, I would, I'm going to put a link in that in the show notes. Uh, probably will have where to watch this thing if it's watchable. I don't know. I haven't looked at this in a while. I put this link out here way long ago. So I want to, I'm going to, I'm going to do a little homework on that and hopefully we can talk about some kind of awesome flagship phone that has a great camera. And it's kind of what I wanted long, long ago. Secretly, when I was using Windows Phone that had a great camera, I was like, man, if I could only have the Android apps on this phone, I would have the perfect phone. Well, I don't know if the perfect phone is ever going to come out. As many times as I change phones, I don't even know if I should tell you this story, right? I'm on a different phone right now. Uh, and I've contemplated changing to yet another phone. I sold the Pixel XL. I actually sold that on Swappa. I tried to sell it on the, the forums, but nobody wanted it. What I tried to do is I was thinking, all right, it's almost Pixel 2 time, right? So when a new phone comes out, the value of the previous phone kind of takes a dip. Pretty big drip. A pretty big dip in Android phones, right? Well, also that phone also decreases month after month prior to the release of the new one. It just keeps dropping in value. So I thought, I thought I'm going to be smart. I'm going to outwit them. I found a Pixel, a regular Pixel. Five-inch phone, 32 gigs of storage for pretty cheap. It's got a couple of, uh, what he thought was a couple of scratches on the glass. And I put a glass screen protector on it, and it hides them immediately. You can't see them. So perfect. So I took advantage of that. And then I sold the Pixel XL, which is the higher-end version, 128 gig version, so you get a little bit more money for that. So I put it on Swappa. I put it actually at a premium price. I thought, I'm going to make a couple of dollars and start preparing for Pixel 2. And lo and behold, Google drops the floor on the pricing of the Pixel and the Pixel XL. So I was above their, their price of a new phone. I was like, crap. So yes, it did get me. I had to drop the price, but I still made a couple dollars. More importantly, I got out of that higher risk phone. Higher risk by meaning resale value. I got out of it well ahead of event time. I got into another great phone 
but less risk on resale value. The Pixel 32 is going to a lot less risk. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be able to sell that at any time. Pixel XL at 128, that's a niche. That is a niche market. So I don't know if I'm going to do that again. I may stick to 64 on this Pixel 2 phone. And I thought, I thought to myself several months ago, Dave, you're very happy with your Pixel XL. I'm not going to do a Pixel 2. And then about 30 seconds later, I realized that that's complete garbage. Um, as soon as the Pixel XL2 <laughs> comes out, I'm going to be like, I must have. I must have this phone. And you know, one of the reasons is when you're on Project Fi, they will finance it for you at 0%. All you got to do is go through the app and purchase the phone. Done. They'll ship it to you as soon as it's available, and it will show up in your Fi app. You just take your SIM out of your old phone, pop it into the new phone, done. Project Fi is really cool. Link in the show notes on that. You know what? We're pushing out to 52 minutes, so I think I'm going to wrap this up. A big thanks to Richard Hay at the Super Site for Windows. Please follow him at WinOBS, and please come back to homeservershow.com and share your pictures and your stories. I think that that's going to be just a gold mine of interesting information. Share your stories, what you did, where you did, what highway, what state, what was the percent of totality that you got, and I can't wait for this. I think I'm going to pull my kids out. I know they're going to be a pain in the butt. They're going to be like, Dad, we want to be on the trampoline jumping during the eclipse. I'm going to be like, are you kidding me? Or we want to be in the pool during the eclipse. Like, okay, I got to figure something out. And I really need to get with them and maybe do a little practice run about the glasses. If you're in complete totality, you can remove the glasses at one point and be safe. And then you have to put them back on. I think in my situation, I am not in that safe zone. So I have to keep the glasses on. So I have some homework to do. And that's why I got Rich Hay on here to tell me where to do my homework. And check those links in the show notes. This has been Reset29. Thank you so much for subscribing. We'll see you out there on patreon.com slash David McCabe or in those Reset forums. We'll talk to you next week. This has been Reset, a member of the Geeks Network. Check out thegeeksnetwork.com for more great podcasts and forums. Reset can be found at mccabe.io, youtube.com slash David McCabe for the videos, and on Twitter at mccabe.io. Intro and outro music by Daryl Lee. Find Daryl Lee at soundcloud.com, Daryl Music. That's D-E-R-L-E-E, music. Support of this podcast can be done at patreon.com slash David McCabe. And if you wouldn't mind, throw a couple stars out there on iTunes if you get a chance to. Thank you for supporting, and I'll see you next week on Reset.